0: The Cultural Enterprises podcast is part of our online academy. Structured courses and learning resources created by industry experts, which encourage flexible learning. So you can watch at your own pace, in your own time, on multiple devices, in a location to suit you. To see how we can help you and your team, please visit culturalenterprises.org.uk forward slash academy. Hello and welcome to episode five of series two of the Culture Enterprises podcast. I am Gabriella Gandolfini, and in each episode, I'll be talking to a top leader in the arts world. Find out how they got to where they are, what inspires them, and what advice they have for the next generation of leaders. In today's episode, I bring you someone I've never met in person until now, but I've seen him speak before when he was with Visit Scotland, and it was a treat. So I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Gordon Morrison. Chief Executive Officer at the Association of Scottish Visitor Attractions, the largest network of attractions in Scotland. I'm so happy to have you with us today, Gordon. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much indeed. It's great to be here.
0: So let's get started. Gordon, you have been in this role of Chief Executive Officer at ASVA, the Association of Scottish Visitor Attractions, for nearly two years now. Tell us what the role actually is, but not necessarily based on what's in the job description, but on what it actually is when you go into the office every day.
1: Okay, that's an excellent question, because you're right, it's so easy to look at a job description and say, right, okay, well, that's what my job is. But the role of the chief executive of ASVA is an incredibly varied role. I would say, if I could sum it up, it's about providing inspiration to the attraction sector as much as anything else. Our mission statement is that we, are, we, are, we exist to support and inspire the sector to deliver sustainable world-class experiences and I definitely see my role primarily in in that inspiration area. Essentially what I try and do is gather as much information as I can from across the world, uh, across Europe, across the world, what's happening in the sector, innovations, uh, exciting things that are going on uh, not just in the UK, across, uh, across the world and share these with our members. We're also the, 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 an organisation that, that binds the sector together. And uh, we, we try and host as many networking opportunities as we possibly can. And I see my role as being pivotal in that. I, 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 I'm a very outgoing and gregarious individual, shall we say. and I like to be in front of our members as much as I can. So so we, we, we try and host a, a large number of events, uh, workshops, very practical things to support the attraction sector. And and I'm a full part of that myself. I don't delegate much of that. I actually take on a lot of that myself. So I attend an awful lot of gatherings with our members. For me, it's as much about hearing what's going on from our members as it is me sharing information, which I, I can then pass on across the network. So, I mean, it's a very varied role. It's, it's a great job to have because it means I go all over the country and meet professionals from within our sector all over every part of Scotland. In the last year, I've been to the Outer Hebrides. I've been to the far north of Scotland. I've been to the furthest south tip of Scotland, the Mull of Galloway. And, uh, and, and I've met people from all walks of life. And it's a fascinating job as a result. And it's a job that I really, really enjoy.
0: And it's a very small team, right? Am I right in thinking there's only three of you in the exact team?
1: That is exactly right. So there's myself as the only full-time member of staff. And then we have two other members of staff who work part-time. One primarily looking at the the, the finance side uh, of the organization. And then we have our membership manager who uh, does everything else, basically. (laughs)
0: How does it work the dynamics between the three of you? How does, what does it look like actually going to the office with those individuals and working together?
1: We're a very close-knit team, as I'm sure you could, you could imagine. A quite a constant team as well. You know, uh, our membership manager, Helen, has been with us for uh, six, seven years now, and is the lifeblood, uh, the real heartbeat of, of ASVA. I think she knows every single one of our members by first name. We describe herself as the ASVA family. I mean that in in a a really important way. We we do look at ourselves as as being a a family network. And when we we bring on new members, we welcome them to the Asma family. And that's that's what we try and get across to to our members. When you join our organisation, you're you're joining a, a group that is going to look after you the way that a family would look after you. And and that's how we look at it from a team perspective as well with each other. We look after each other as well as as support each other.
0: So let's talk about your leadership style and this family feel thing that you're talking about. What is your leadership style? What works for you when it comes to leading your teams?
1: I'm a collaborator. I'm not a dictator. I'm not someone who will come into the office and immediately start saying, right, this is what you're going to do today. This is what you're going to do today. I very much look at our team as as a team, and we're all in this together, especially as we're sharing resource. When you think about it, there's three of us doing the entire work of an organization. So therefore, it's very important that we all connect with each other, communicate with each other, and fully understand what we are doing. The other thing I would say on that front is I am a doer. And I'm a great believer throughout my career that if you lead by example, that is how you get your teams to come on board with you. If you just say to people, go and do this, go and do this work because I can't be bothered to do it, frankly, then it does not set a good example for your team. So I really like to get my hands dirty, get involved in operational stuff as well as the strategic stuff, and then that shows my team that I am part of the team.
0: Really interesting. Earlier on you said uh, that you are in front of the members a lot and in episode two I interviewed Bernard Donoghue and we spent quite a lot of time talking about this, about how he fronts all the meetings and he's he is Alva and you mentioned exactly the same thing completely coincidentally but now I'm thinking perhaps it's not a coincidence, perhaps is a, a leadership style of this kind of role. Can you tell us about is, is this a leadership strategy as such or is it just comes from, from you as a person?
1: Because it's a very public role, in terms of the, the, the sector, You know, most people know who the chief executive of ASVA is in the Scottish attractions industry because we are such a large organization in name. Therefore, I, I think it's hugely important that, that people are able to access me. That, that's the main thing, It's that they are able to get to me and share what is happening at their attractions with me because we are the voice of the attraction sector. And when I say we are the voice of the attraction sector, That effectively means I am the voice of the attraction sector because I am the figurehead of the organisation. A key part of this role is that you have to be an active listener. You can't pretend that you're listening to what your members are saying. You have to actually listen to what they're saying and and, and properly represent them when it comes to uh, discussions with the the, the government or the the agencies, visit Scotland, etc.
0: Are you able to share with us an insight into some of the most interesting conversations you've been part of in this role?
1: Just this week, in fact, I had a conversation, a really interesting conversation, with three uh, ASVA members about how we can uh, kickstart economic recovery of the tourism sector. What was fascinating about the conversation? The three members were of differing scales of organisation, different sizes of organisation, different types of organisation, and hugely differing views on how we could take the the sector forward. Uh, I'll share share one insight from it that that I thought was truly fascinating. She stated that uh, the, the visitor attraction sector, and I actually agree with this, is as important to the Scottish economy as the banking sector is to the UK. Uh, And if you look at what happened to the banking sector uh, in 2008, the banks were effectively rescued by the government with a massive bailout when everything went to pot. Her view was that the attraction sector should be treated in exactly the same way in Scotland, and we should not be allowed to fail. We ended up all, all, all agreeing with this. Visitor attractions are not just a nice thing to have. We are the custodians of Scotland's national identity. We actually look after Scotland's culture. We look after Scotland's heritage. And if we were allowed to disappear, that culture and heritage would be vastly, vastly diminished. And it's only when we were gone that people would understand that.
0: You spent a year as a Commercial and Vista Services Manager responsible for the commercial activity and the Vista experience across the portfolio of museums, galleries and monuments run by the City of Edinburgh. And after about a year, you made the transition from this role to your current role. Tell us how it happened. What motivated your career move?
1: I worked to visit Scotland for, for a period of 12 years. I felt as it, come to, as it came to the end of that role, uh, I, I felt it was time for a change and time to, to, to move into to move into the attraction sector proper. So I then got uh, the opportunity to to become the commercial manager at Edinburgh Museums and Galleries, which was a hugely challenging role, but a really exciting role. It's very it's always very challenging having a commercial role at a, a, in a museum service, <laughs> very 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 challenging. But however, a, a, a very exciting role because I was responsible for looking after some of the the most wonderful assets that that the city of Edinburgh has. At the same time, however, I had joined ASVA's board, and within about six months of becoming a board member at ASVA, the the current chief exec said that she was going to be stepping down, uh, and so there would be the opportunity for a a new chief executive to be put in place. And I have to say, when that seed was planted, and that that wasn't said to board members as in one of you should should, should be applying for this role, but I certainly felt a wee seed being planted there because I had worked alongside ASVA for uh, almost the entirety of my career at Visit Scotland. and knew how well-respected uh, the organization was and I, I, I really missed uh, being part of a national organization. Working at Edinburgh Museums was very local, really enjoyed it, but however, it was a very local thing. I, I enjoyed the national influence and therefore when the opportunity came up to, to apply for that role, I, I had to leap at it. I, I actually saw it as my dream role. I saw it as something that, that serendipitous, where, where this, has, this, this timing is perfect for me. It's the right time for me to come in and uh, take over. As of, I also saw a huge potential at ASVA as well. Having been on the board, I could see the things that were going well, the things that weren't going quite so well. I already had a really good idea for how I wanted to take the organization forward, particularly in, in, in that way that, that we discussed already. With, with me me driving the organisation as, as, as both a figurehead, but also really operationally driving the organisation forward. So as, as soon as that opportunity came up, I had to go for it. I absolutely had to go for it. It's such a great organisation to work for. And I, I genuinely feel that I make a difference to Scottish tourism in this role.
0: You said when the seed was planted, and I had a similar conversation with Lisa Logo in another episode where... She got her role at the Ashmolean Museum under similar circumstances, and we talked about it's not just being in the right place at the right time. You put yourself in those positions where you are networking and you are in the places
1: where you should be. I joined Visit Scotland way back in, in two thousand six. Feels like a lifetime ago now, and and I have to be honest with you. When I, when I joined Visit Scotland, I didn't really have a clear career path up until that point. I had um, worked primarily in uh, customer service roles. I'd been re- a retail manager, a bookshop manager. I'd, I'd run my own pub as well, in the in the heart of Edinburgh. Uh, all fun, fun roles, is what I would say for the most part. Really, you know, as, as a young man, that's a good way to enjoy your life is working in those environments. It really is. But I then, I then, I saw the opportunity to go and work at Visit Scotland. I'd always had a passion. For history, heritage, um, not, not necessarily tourism, but certainly history and heritage. I'd studied heritage management at, at university. So it was always something that was in the back of my mind. And I saw the opportunity to come and work for uh, Visit Scotland. And, and the role that I actually applied for and got was as a quality advisor. This job involved me travelling across Scotland assessing visitor attractions. As soon as I saw that job advertised, I thought, my goodness, I, I have to get this. I absolutely have to get this. So I was fortunate enough to, 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 to be successful and land that role. And then once I got that job, that was my foothold into into the, the, the sector. I, I, and I very quickly and, and, and strategically built up a network of contacts Within the visitor attraction sector, it was the easiest role to do that. when, of course, because you're actually you're, you're visiting hundreds of these attractions. Uh, but I made it very clear that I was there to support these attractions. I wasn't just there to assess them. I was there to offer them support and guidance. I, and by doing that, I, my reputation within the industry enhanced greatly. That then served me very well at Visit Scotland. So when when promotion opportunities came for me to head up. The, 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 the team that looked after the quality assurance scheme, I, I was in a great position to do that because it built up such a great reputation within within the industry. And then subsequently, when the opportunities came at Edinburgh Museums, it was a very, I, I'm not going to say it was an easy interview, but however, they knew who it was. And they knew the, the work that I had done previously. Uh, and then again, coming to ASVA, it was, it was almost a natural fit at ASVA because they were like, well, this is the guy that already knows the industry inside out. So therefore, surely he's the right guy to come in. Where I've got to now came from that very early strategic decision to really position myself as the authority on helping and supporting the visitor attraction sector.
0: So you strategically built your network, but people in my circle anyway, I find so many people in our industry really struggle with the idea of networking. Can you give people a hint, an insight, and a quick solution of how to network in an easier way?
1: Networking is, is so important in our industry. We are a people industry. When, when you look at what we do and, and how we operate, visitor attractions and cultural centers would not be what they are without people. You couldn't you couldn't have, uh, I'll, I'll give you my, my Visit Scotland analogy here. When I worked at Visit Scotland, I said that you couldn't be a five-star visitor attraction without five-star people. And therefore, uh, it's hugely important that you connect with people. And I'm not just talking about customers here, it's a hugely important you connect with other individuals within your own organizations, your teams, your colleagues, uh, but then also the wider network, because that's where you pick up best practice. I still do not claim to be the font of all knowledge when it comes to visitor attractions. I am certainly not. In fact, I will doth my cap to Bernard Donaghy. I think Bernard knows a damn sight more than I do. Uh, but however... What I do do is talk to people like Bernard. Talk talk to leading lights within the the attraction sector. And I've never been scared to, um, to put myself out there. And that's the one tip I'll give to people is put yourself out there. You'd be amazed in this sector how open people are to you how much people want to talk back to you. You know, I, I would even say that if you're a student, reach out to, 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 to chief people within our organization, you'd be surprised how many of them will come back to you and say, oh, let's have a conversation. I had a conversation two weeks ago with a, an undergraduate student who's, who's uh, looking at uh, developing their career in this in this area. And I was delighted to do it. So whilst it is a challenge, it's, it's you've got to force yourself to push yourself out there. The, the benefits are huge. And bear in mind, as I said, this is a people industry. You're, you're generally going to be talking to people who are people people and they will be willing to talk back to you.
0: So Gordon, we ended up talking about Visit Scotland quite a bit. What was your main life takeaway from your time at Visit Scotland?
1: I, I have nothing but but, but fond memories of my time there. I worked with the most passionate people. I've ever worked with uh, in, in any walk of life and also some of the most fun People that I've ever worked with, uh, there was a real good sense of uh, everyone being in it together. As, as I mentioned earlier on, what, what I've tried to bring to ASVA, that sense of, of everyone working together, I definitely got that through my time working at Visit Scotland. I also had the greatest manager that I've ever had when I worked there. My 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 manager at the time, he's uh, still still working at Visit Scotland, uh, Manuela Calchini, who heads up the Visitor Information Centre Network at Visit Scotland nowadays. She she uh, she taught me an awful lot about being in. Effective leader. She was brilliant at making me feel like I was valued, but she also very successfully was able to get to stick a rock under me if it was needed. <laughs> and, and I think that, that that's a really it's really skillful to be someone who's really nice and then at the same time make you do the work that you have to do. Uh, and, and it took a lot. I took a lot of, of, of learnings from working alongside her. I worked alongside her for uh, four or five years. Firstly, firstly uh, working beneath her, then working alongside her hugely, hugely influential in in, in the way that I've developed myself. Uh, And and, and the whole time that Visit Scotland has has shaped the way that I am nowadays. There's there's no doubt about it. Visit Scotland gave me that opportunity to really form a career out of uh, of working in this industry. Up until that point, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I did have one introduction into the the sector. Before that, when I um, became a, a, a retail manager at uh, uh, National Museums of Scotland but I only I only stayed at National Museums of Scotland for a couple of years before moving on and uh, I, and I moved on in the wrong direction at, at that stage I, 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 I suppose what I looked at there was that like, oh this is just this is just a retail manager job this is not uh, I should be doing more with my career and I, I've learned nowadays that that's not how you should look at your career development you, you should look at your career and Am I working in an organisation where I want to work, and am I enjoying the role that I am doing? And if you are, that's half the battle. That's the, you know. I, I left that role and then went into a different sector completely, and I shouldn't have done that. So getting the opportunity to go back to visit, to to then work at Visit Scotland and re-enter the sector again was was hugely beneficial for me.
0: You mentioned that you studied history and you did that at the University of Glasgow. And you went on pretty much straight away to do a postgrad in heritage management. You said that you, you weren't quite sure at that point what your career was going to look like. Did you have a vague idea of what you wanted to do and the direction you wanted to go?
1: No. <laughs> no is the answer to that, and, and hopefully that that gives some people some 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 hope actually, because it, it, not everyone has got this great plan in their life about what they're going to do and where they're going to go. If I take you right back to my, my childhood, I was I was always very interested in in history. I, I, I was a bit of a geek uh, at, at school. I and, and really enjoyed what well, you know, probably stems from my, my love of Indiana Jones films, actually. <laughs> I, I was a huge fan of, of, of Indiana Jones. And I think I, if I look back in some of my, early childhood essays and things like that, I definitely wanted to be an archaeologist, there's no doubt about it. And so that's, that was always in the back of my head probably, that, that oh, I want to work in history or, 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 or something like that in some way. So, so when it got to going to further education, it was clear that I was going to study history, I had a real passion for history, really enjoyed it as a subject, found it, found it totally fascinating and totally relevant to, to, to the modern world as well. Then the, the opportunity to do the heritage management course. Now that is probably the first time that I thought, oh, there could be a career out of this. If I do a if I do a degree in heritage management, oh, that might mean that I could then go and become a manager at National Trust for Scotland, whatever it might be, whatever it might be. And that, that that was that was in my head at that point. But I came to the end of that course and really wasn't sure. What I wanted to do. I, I, I wasn't sure of the avenues, the way to get into uh, organisations like NTS or Historic Scotland or whoever it might have been. And so, therefore, I was, a wee, I was floundering a wee bit. And, and, and like anyone who's floundering, you, you just take opportunities that are, are in front of you. And I had the opportunity, a friend of mine worked in a, in a bookshop in Aberdeen. And that's where I studied heritage management and, and said, You want to come and work in the bookshop with me? I liked books. I still like books. And I was like, yes, okay, I will go and do that job. Because I am a people person, I think that was then the beginning of my journey to get to where I am because I then worked in customer service, working with people all the time, progressed up that ladder, became a manager there, opened my own bar. That was the the sidestep that I probably shouldn't have done, if I'm being honest, because I didn't actually have a passion for that. I I saw that as uh, an opportunity to do something different and potentially, and this is where the, the life lessons are, oh, I could make money here, is what I thought. I thought, oh, I, I, if I own a bar in the city centre of Edinburgh, I'm going to make money. Anyone who owns bars will tell you that's not the case. <laughs> but uh, it was also my passion wasn't there. After only a year of owning that, that bar, decided this wasn't for me, sold, uh, sold, sold the bar. Then really did seriously look for opportunities within the, the heritage and tourism in, in the sector. Got the job at Visit Scotland, and the rest is history.
0: So you've had an academic route, uh, and perhaps needed, but in general, and if we take house management as an example, there are alternatives to formal education like apprenticeships or work placements. What are your views on the need for formal education for succeeding in our industry?
1: Yeah, I, I, one hundred percent, I, I, feel that you don't need. A formal education. I mean, I know that I do have a degree in heritage management. That 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 is there—a postgraduate degree in heritage management. But however, that that did not help me get to where I am today. I can tell you that categorically. It was it was life lessons and learning in the sector. I don't think that tourism in general gets enough credit within the, the education system. I spoke at a school in my in my my, my, my local school here in Paisley uh, a, a few months ago. Uh, about working in tourism. And I asked the students what they thought jobs might be in tourism. And my goodness, they struggled to come up with any. You know, they, they, I had a few people say a travel agent, and a few others say, uh, oh, a receptionist in a hotel. That, that's what they saw as, 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 as tourism jobs. And they did not value tourism jobs. They did not see it as a, as a, as a career choice. Well, and this is something that we have to work very hard to change. I, I really believe that tourism as a career should be uh, discussed from primary school level to, so uh, 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 very early because we, we, we it's, it's a wonderful industry to work in. Yet, yes, it might not be regarded as the, as the highest paid industry in the world, but my goodness, the opportunities within our industry are huge, are absolutely huge. I, I, just taking myself as the example, I mean, yeah, it wasn't that long ago that I was a retail assistant. It really wasn't that long ago that I was a retail assistant working in a bookshop in Aberdeen. And now I am chief exec of ASVA. Of, of and that is not because of my academic qualifications. It's because of my experience. So uh, I think it's hugely important that we get both uh, children to understand the the, the the benefits of working in this industry. And equally importantly, we have to get teachers to understand as well. Because that teacher in the school I was in, didn't have a clue about tourism jobs. I actually shared a, a slide at, uh, at the talk that I gave, where, I'm quite proud of this one, where I uh, produced a slide that had the A to Z of jobs in tourism, and I had, a, a, for every letter of alphabet, I had a job for tourism included in there. So I cheated with X, I have to say, because I put extreme sports in X, but however, <laughs> it, it, it counts if you ask me. Let's talk about you as Gordon.
0: What do you like to do when you're
1: not working? I always work. No, that is not true. <laughs> that is not true at all. I, I think I mentioned earlier on, I I, I am at heart a, a wee bit of a, a geek. And I'm, I'm an unashamed geek. I, I, as we've been speaking on, on this call just now, I've been drinking out of my Marvel Superheroes mug, and I, I, I don't mind saying that at all. So my passions, is what I like to do in my downtime. Firstly, I, I, I'm not just a geek about uh uh, superheroes. I'm also a movie geek, big passion for, for going to the cinema, but also uh, watching movies at home. I really do enjoy reading and I, I read, I, I'm not going to say that I read anything of any value. <laughs> I, I read a lot of uh, uh, trashy fantasy, sci-fi, that, that sort of stuff that is really, it's very easy to relax with, I suppose. That's what I would say. You, 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 can, you can say to your brain, right, you go off and sit in another area while I read this just now.
0: If you tell me that you are a fan of the Star Trek original series, we might be best friends.
1: I, I, I love the Star Trek. Who doesn't love the Star Trek original exactly, series? Exactly right. Yeah.
0: Apart from the trash stuff that you were reading, can you recommend us a book, a podcast, a film, anything to keep our minds fresh?
1: I just finished reading M. R. James's collected ghost stories. Now that sounds tragic right? But that, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic. It's an absolute classic collection of Edwardian and Victoria, well, Victorian Edwardian, sorry, ghost stories, and they are a beautiful read, a truly beautiful read. The, the literature style is, is, it's fantastic, it really is. And if you're wanting to take your mind off of scary things in other parts of the world just now, then read Mr. James' collected ghost stories. Fantastic.
0: So, Gordon, three questions to bring our podcast to an end. What mistake or mistakes do you often see organizations making in our industry?
1: Without a doubt, the biggest mistake is not thinking of the visitor first. That 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 to me is is, is is the most criminal mistake that is often made in our industry. When when you see plans being drawn up for new exhibitions, and you see plans being drawn up for new attractions, think of visitor experience before you think of anything else. If your visitors are happy, then everything else falls into place from there. What I would say is undertake a visitor journey. Look through the lens of your visitor's eyes. Take away any preconceived ideas of what you think makes a good visitor experience. Look purely at it from a, if, if I'm a new, brand new visitor coming in here for the first time, what am I gonna make of this experience that I've got here? I, I did that when I went to, to the, the, the museums and there were so many easy things to change to improve the experience that don't take money. It just takes a wee bit of time to do. Go and visit another attraction. and and brutally assess their experience and then take that back to your own attraction and look at it there.
0: What piece of advice would you give to someone in the beginning of their career wanting to be in a leadership role such as yours one day?
1: Don't be afraid to take a step back, to take a step forward. Really think about what you enjoy. Think about what what you've got a passion for. Try and take your career in that direction. I had one or two career missteps where I stopped gunning for a a job that I had a passion for, but I started looking at chasing the money rather than actually chasing the, 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 the passion.
0: Describe the ideal top leader in our industry in three words.
1: Calm, persuasive and agile.
0: Thank you so much. I can't even tell you how inspiring and refreshing and fun it was talking to you today. Thank you, Gordon.
1: It's been great to speak to you, Gabriela. Thank you very much indeed.
0: Thank you. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Gordon as much as I have. I have a lot of post-it notes here with me, but the one in the middle says, "These attractions are not just a nice thing to have. They are custodians of history and cultural identity. Please share your learnings with us as well. We would love to hear from you. Email info at culturalenterprises.org.uk. And the Culture Enterprises podcast is available on all of your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe right now and join me next time as I chat to another
1: top sector leader. I'll see you then.